are Locked On Pistons, your daily Detroit Pistons podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Seconds left, he's got the ball, he should have it. Isaiah hangs out of the ball, flips it up to the Raptors. Detroit is the city of champions again. Detroit Basketball! What's happening? Welcome to the Locked On Pistons Podcast, your episode for Monday, November 25th. And a little bit of good and a lot more bad for the Detroit Pistons this past weekend. This is your boy, Matt Shook, a sports writer here in Detroit City covering the NBA for the Detroit News and Associated Press, a Pistons fan and follower my whole life, and a sports newspaper reporter for over a decade as well. Thanks for the follow. Thanks for spreading the word about the Locked on Pistons podcast. We really appreciate you guys. we got the Thanksgiving week here. We'll do shows Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday and come back probably something for Black Friday. Not promising that that'll be up first thing in the morning on Black Friday, as you might imagine. But uh, we'll get that up sometime as we look ahead to the weekend. A couple of games for the Pistons this weekend as well. We'll, we'll knock out that schedule here for you in a little bit. But uh, first, we're going to run down the good and the bad from the weekend. Later on, we will talk about Dwayne Casey's rotations because I love talking about them. My favorite topic. The most important thing about a basketball game is when the coach has certain guys on the court and certain other guys off the court. No doubt about that. We're also going to look ahead to tonight's game against the Orlando Magic as the Pistons got another winnable one here at home. We'll see how that all works out. But uh, give me a follow on Twitter, by the way, at Matt underscore Shook, S-C-H-O-C-H. Another underscore for that, also the Locked on Pistons Twitter account. And check us out on Facebook at Locked on Pistons Dash. Matt Shook, but the Pistons split a pair of games over the weekend and the miserable season now moves to 5-11. and Tied with the Cleveland Cavaliers for third to last in the Eastern Conference. Still just a game and a half out of the eighth seed right now. That's Orlando sitting there at number eight. That's tonight's opponent. But obviously just a pile of excrement in between the Pistons and the playoffs in the Eastern Conference right now. So got to clear some of those hurdles. The Pistons will have to be like Andy Dufresne and climb through a half mile of shit to get back into the Eastern Conference playoff picture. But it can be done, and there's an opportunity to make that happen here in these next few weeks. And obviously, if the Pistons can do that, then maybe we can have a different conversation come late December, early January. But the way I'm feeling and the way we watch this team right now, I think the the conversation is going to stay pretty consistent in terms of uh, what do we got to do to change the direction of this team and what's the uh, the right way to go. But the Pistons are now 1-3 on the second games of back-to-backs, but also, more interestingly, 0-3 in those situations when they're at a rest disadvantage. Their one win was against a Brooklyn team also on a back-to-back, so not handling themselves athletically like they need to be 0-3 in those games. They improved to 2-5 against bad teams with the win against Atlanta, on Friday, obviously, it's two and five against bad teams. Not going to get it done. Zero and three against good teams, so not making it up for there with the loss to Milwaukee. Not beating good teams, not beating bad teams. The one thing they are doing is handling business against the red letter teams, three and two. But we're kind of looking around at these red letter games, uh, important games in the Eastern Conference against teams that will figure into the playoff picture of the bottom part of it and the top half of the teams that aren't going to make the playoffs. And it seems like all these teams are just basically bad teams. Maybe we can lump that all together at this point but uh on friday the pistons throttled the atlanta hawks 128 to 103 24 for blake griffin leading the way 23 points and 15 rebounds for andre drummond 14 points and seven assists for bruce brown in 33 minutes the pistons go 17 of 34 from three-point land the unsustainable shooting comes up big from three-point land on a night 
that they probably didn't need it, unfortunately, and didn't make it happen the next night. The good, four for seven from Langston Galloway from three-point land. Trade him at midnight on December 15th if he's still hot. That's my take. Uh, three for four on Derrick Rose from three-point land. Notable there that he was able to knock some down. The most notable sta- stat of the night, of course, is the stat line of Trey Young after cooking the Pistons and Bruce Brown in the opener at Little Caesars Arena, the home opener. Nine points, eight rebounds, and six assists, a triple-double in the opener, but this time in 32 minutes he was didn't reach double digits in any of the counting stats, three of 12 from the field, and was stifled by Bruce Brown. And you know you were going to hear it. Can I just take a minute to point out that Bruce Brown had that rough game in the opener, especially defensively, talked shit about wanting a rematch with the guy who just might be one of those generational point guards. We'll see how the Trey Young experience ends up as his career goes on. But Bruce goes out at home after being embarrassed at home, went out, backed it up, talked a whole bunch of shit during the game. And, I mean, I got Keith Black on Twitter telling me that it doesn't matter because the Hawks played poorly. So I guess we can just move the goalposts because you got you don't like a guy. So when he has a great game at home in a prideful situation, doesn't matter, I guess, to Pistons fans out there. The way that I was raised on Pistons basketball, we kind of used to like that kind of stuff. It's a weird world. I would have never guessed that Bruce Brown and Thon Maker, and I know Thon's a different scenario, but two guys who are out there busting their ass on defense every night are the ones that everyone hates in Pistons Twitter land and the fans that I interact with anyway. I know there's a lot of fans that are about my age that are dormant, that don't watch this pathetic team anymore, and I don't blame them at all. But I think that if they were to watch this team, they would probably see Bruce Brown and Thon Maker standing out there as guys that are far from good players right now, far from finished products, but at least guys that are out there giving a crap on defense and trying, like uh, you know that Dwayne Casey wants. And like I thought, Pistons fans, would want as well. I know that Don Maker's not good, but we'll talk about him in a bit. But uh, we'll talk about him in a bit here because his former team, the Milwaukee Bucks, scraped the Pistons off their shoes with a 104-90 victory on Saturday night at uh, Milwaukee. Giannis with 28 points and 10 rebounds. He did just enough to uh, make sure this never really turned into much of a game. For the Pistons, 20 points from Derrick Rose off the bench, a nice game for him. The next highest scorer was Langston Galloway who had 13 points, most of his work early, then disappeared. Andre Drummond, 12 points and 17 rebounds, five turnovers, four assists, better than he usually does against the Bucks, and that is not a compliment. Markeith Morris, 12 points and six rebounds, everyone else pretty bad and, and not really of note. 10 of 35 from three-point land for the Pistons, 28.6%. So not going to get it done there on a night where they could have used it. A team in Milwaukee that could have gotten beat. Was ripe for the beating, but uh, the Pistons couldn't walk through that door. Worst culprits from three were Luke Kennard at 0 for 4 and Markeith Morris at 1 for 6. Moving on for the Pistons this week at home tonight against the Orlando Magic before a home-and-home with the Charlotte Hornets on Wednesday in the Queen City and then back in Detroit on Black Friday, Friday night. Wrapped around Thanksgiving, so Thanksgiving with the Hornets this year. Three very winnable games going into a fourth very winnable game Sunday this weekend, home for a 5 p.m. matinee with the San Antonio Spurs. And then at Cleveland on Tuesday, on the road after that at 7 o'clock, you're looking at five straight winnable games right here. And this season needs to be salvaged, and this season needs to be salvaged right now if it's going to happen. And here's a great opportunity for the Pistons to win five games. None of them are back-to-backs. They're, uh, most of them are at home. The other ones that are on the road are Cleveland and Charlotte. Really a perfect opportunity for the Pistons to not just have a good week and go 3-2, and two, but go out and win five of these games. 
go on a winning streak, be 10 and 11 going into December, the, the dog days of the next, the, 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 the second week of December, and uh, get something going. And of course, the, the door is open for a run back to 500, and I got zero confidence that this is actually going to happen. But uh, what I know is going to happen is you guys are going to talk about Dwayne Casey's rotation. So I'll address that here up next. That's coming up next here on the Lockdown Pistons podcast. Yes, sir! All right, a little bit later on, we will talk about tonight's opponent, the Orlando Magic, and proceed with caution. I, I apologize if I get a little bit too ranty here. but uh, And maybe I'm answering to maybe the loud minority out there or something and and maybe that maybe it I need to ignore some of the the shouty voices on Twitter that are always talking about what's wrong with Dwayne Casey after every game but my take is that if you spend a lot of time talking about rotations you might not know a lot about basketball to me it is just noise your starting group matters your ending group matters and for the middle three quarters basically I'm talking about you know, not the last nine minutes, not the first nine minutes of the game. You basically just got combinations of guys out there. There are some things that I would do as a, the coach of the Detroit Pistons with this group in terms of rotations. It's not nothing. Uh, you would stagger certain guys. I think Blake Griffin or Andre Drummond should pretty much always be on the court, one of those two players, all the time if they're healthy. I think if you've got a duo that plays well together, if we were talking a lot about the Guns and Roses duo, Earlier this season, I'm not convinced that that's a thing. I don't really see it. But if that develops into something, okay, do that. Make sure Luke Kennard and Derrick Rose are on the court together at times throughout the second and third quarters and first couple minutes of the fourth as well. You also occasionally have a bench unit that plays very well together, uh, like four or five men sometimes. Toronto, a couple of years ago, had the bench unit with Siakam and Norman Powell and uh, Jakob Portal and Fred Van Vliet. Those guys played well together, the alternators back in the Pistons lore, the John Barry, Zelly Rebracha, all those guys, uh, Mehmet Okur, that played well together, the Lindsey Hunters of the world throw in there as well. Um, and I also think with the Pistons, this particular group, that Derek Rose should basically be, have scrubs out there with him for much of his time out there, let him kind of carry bad units while other starters get rest. That's not an indictment of Derek Rose. That's more of a compliment, that he can kind of carry bad loads for a little while. And he can do that. So that's kind of, you know, there's sometimes you get the matchup of the certain combinations of players out there. You get two wings, two wing guys out there together. One kind of focuses on offense if you want Luke out there. And then one more of a defensive player if you want him out there with Bruce, if you got him in the wing at that situation. Same with bigs. Like maybe you put uh, your more defensive-minded big out there with your more offensive-minded big. Those kind of things make sense to me. But Or maybe you want Reggie uh, Jackson and Andre Drummond out there together without Blake, kind of recreate the pick and roll. There are some things that you should do. There are some principles that you should have. But by and large, it just doesn't matter. And at the start of the fourth quarter, or the way that someone on Twitter phrased it to me, the most important quarter of the game, uh, it, it just doesn't. I mean, you're trying to just stem the tide and get it to where you can get your closing group out there and see what happens. Let's go back to Saturday night. Late in the third quarter, Pistons down nine. Last minute of the third quarter. Andre Drummond, with the Pistons already down nine at this point, grabs a defensive rebound off an air ball and immediately chucks the ball down the court, seemingly to no one. Uh, the pass was actually to Derrick Rose, who was covered very intensely, which probably at the last minute Andre realized this was a dumb play and just kind of overthrew it by about 20 feet. A ridiculous, the, the dumbest play that the Pistons made all night long. Um, so the ball, of course, was stolen by Kyle Korver in the backcourt after a complete giveaway for no reason on an important possession, by the way. 
Um, on that ensuing possession, George Hill drives past Derrick Rose, of course, and then Hill gets Andre Drummond on the help. Andre steps up uh, as he should, and Andre's got him. No immediate danger. Uh, George Hill has got his back to Andre Drummond at this point, and Dre just karate chops Hill's shoulder from behind, going for the ball with no possible way of getting the ball without committing a reach-in. Probably the worst and most idiotic foul I've seen in a long time. Uh, fourth foul for Andre Drummond. He goes to the bench. He's not an option to start the fourth quarter. Derrick Rose is being managed. They have a plan for when to play him. They want him to close games. And without Blake Griffin available on Saturday night, I agree. Derrick Rose leading that unit is the best option late in games. So that makes sense to me. Cross those guys off the list. What Dwayne Casey did is he went with Tim Frazier, who was cold, hadn't played yet this game. Thon Maker, who everyone hates. Markeith Morris, who in theory... You could post up and isolate for a possession or two in the in the post during these two or three minute span that you're going to have this this bench unit out there. Langston Galloway, best shooter of the early season, and Bruce Brown, a possible creator of someone who could make things happen. I don't like the lineup. I don't think it's a good lineup. But Tim Frazier and Thon Maker, these guys are going to have to play this season, especially with Tony Snell and Blake Griffin and uh, Derrick Rose being limited, those first two guys being out of the lineup. Sekou Dumbuya has pulled up from Grand Rapids because of an emergency situation. Reggie Jackson's out. Kyrie Thomas is out. Tim Frazier's going to have to play. And by the way, this group played together for 79 seconds, and I had tweeted that they were a minus three in that time. They actually weren't. I, I Maybe it was the bourbon. I was reading the uh, the score sheet wrong. The score actually did not change. That group entered the game down up down by eight, and when Luke Kennard came in, uh, they were still down by eight, 79 seconds later. Now, Casey, and I agree, rightfully saw the offense was struggling, puts in Luke Kennard for Bruce Brown as a, a step up in the creator area there. And despite Luke Kennard's cold night, he figured that maybe he'd perk up when the team needed him. Luke instead continued to piss down his leg, uh, closing out an excruciatingly bad night for him. The Bucks put something together and extend the lead before the starting group, the closing group, can get back out there. Um, this is the reason that a lot of people on Pistons Twitter think the game was lost. They think that the damn dream team is sitting on the bench and that Dwayne Casey's just holding back guys. Who is it that needs to be out there in this situation? And I understand it's probably a Christian Wood and Thon Maker thing, which I'm really tired of. Uh, I do think Wood should play more than Thon. I don't want to give off the impression that I really think Thon Maker is good. He might be out of the league in a year. I believe that. I really do. But the difference between Christian Wood and Thon Maker is really not that big especially if you want to put Markeith and Wood out there on defense together against this Bucks team. That's not going to go well at all. It's going to be a problem. Uh, Derek Rose, if you want to make the argument that he needs to go back out there early in the fourth quarter, I don't know how many consecutive minutes they want to play him at the end of the third and early fourth. Uh, maybe Andre's uh, foul trouble, you can't have him out there. Maybe Derek Rose gets out there in the early of the fourth quarter and rests him at the end. I can get behind that kind of idea, but again, I don't think it's a big deal. I don't think it's something to cuss the coach out and uh, and say that Dwayne Casey doesn't know how to make in-game adjustments because of this. Uh, who is playing at this time in the fourth quarter? The first couple minutes of the fourth is such a small thing to me. Uh, you knew that the Bucks would eventually get it together for a few minutes at some point and blow it open. It happened to be when uh, Andre Drummond and Derrick Rose were on the bench. Does Andre Drummond change that? Does Derrick Rose change that? I really do not think it matters. I wanted to go around the league and talk about some quote-unquote of the great quote coaches around the league. 
Took some games about Saturday and Sunday. Didn't cherry pick or anything. Picked close games involving some of the better coaches around the league. And you tell me about some of these guys that are playing at the start of fourth quarters. Tell me if they're Hall of Famers or maybe just multiple-time All-Stars when I'm naming some of these guys. Rick Carlisle and Dallas are playing Houston. Start the fourth quarter with a full entire bench unit of Dwight Powell, DeLon Wright, Maxi Kleber, Seth Curry, and Tim Hardaway Jr. Actually, Tim Hardaway Jr. is a starter, but the worst starter on Dallas. Casey, by the way, in this lineup that everyone hates, he had three starters from that game out there, Morris, Galloway, and Brown. Now, I know that's not real NBA starters. It's just this crap roster and this crap front office put that team together, so they have to play guys like that at starter. But Dwayne Casey had three starters out there in this 79 seconds that everyone's pinning as the reason that this team lost. Carlisle puts Luca and Porzingis back into the game with 9.27 left to finish the game, like coaches do every single night all over the NBA. Milwaukee, by the way, during this very crucial time that is the most important stretch of time throughout the game, they had Pat Connaughton, Kyle Korver, George Hill, and Sterling Brown out there on the court. Four non-starters. I mean, it's not like uh, – let's uh, let's look at the point guard matchup that was going on at the beginning of the fourth quarter in a close game between Sacramento and Washington. Yogi Ferrell and Ish Smith going up against each other. In this, but, but Tim Frazier cannot possibly see a court at the beginning of the fourth quarter against anyone. Yogi Ferrell and Ish Smith started the fourth against each other in Sacramento and Washington. Uh, a, a couple of the 12 minutes that Farrell played in that game for Sacramento, 24 for Ish Smith off the bench in there. How about Greg Popovich with San Antonio? He played the Knicks. They had a close one in New York on Saturday. What did Greg Popovich do? He's got Lonnie Walker the fourth out there, a rookie for all intents and purposes. He played seven minutes the entire game but started the fourth quarter against the New York Knicks because it's just the most important minutes of the season, apparently. Patty Mills, Rudy Gay, bench players, they're all out there as well. Frank Vogel and the Lakers had a tough one, close game against Memphis on Saturday. In the most important quarter, Dwight Howard and Troy Daniels are out there to start. Kyle Kuzma comes off the bench for them. He's out there. Let's do this one. The Raptors, Nick Nurse. Pushed. I mean, this is the guy who took over for Dwayne Casey. Obviously, he's 10 times smarter than Casey. There's no way he's got a lot of bench guys out there to start the most important quarter of the game. As they were pushed by the Hawks on Saturday night, by the way, on the second half of back-to-back for Atlanta, a three-point win, but I'm sure Keith Black will tell you that beating the Hawks doesn't matter. But it was a tough one for Toronto on this one. So who does uh, Nick Nurse have to start the fourth quarter? Matt Thomas, Chris Boucher, Rondé Hollis-Jefferson, and Terrence Davis. I don't actually don't remember if it's Bouchard or Boucher. Uh, I'm going to claim ignorance on that one. G League guy. But those guys are all barely in the league. And they're starting the fourth quarter. And are they starting there with, uh, with Siakam? No, they're starting with their offensive anchor, Fred Van Vliet. That's the start of the fourth quarter lineup against the Atlanta Hawks in a close game for Nick Nurse and the Toronto Raptors. Matt Thomas, Chris Boucher, who I think I played junior high basketball with, Rondé Hollis-Jefferson, and Terrence Davis, guys that are barely in the league. Siakam, Ananobi, Gasol, Powell, all on the bench getting ready to close the game instead. You know who they were going up against against Atlanta in that game? Vince Carter, who played 19 minutes, started the fourth quarter on a back-to-back at 57 years old, and you saw how much he sucks on Friday night. This is NBA basketball. You need to watch games, and you know teams aren't going to – tighten up the rotation and, and really squeeze minutes out on Derrick Rose and Andre Drummond on the second half of a back-to-back of an 82-game season. I know that Tim Frazier is fighting it right now, but he's got to be in there at some points throughout the season with Reggie Jackson out. 
Bruce, the same guy that you all hate, he can't be playing 30 minutes of point guard two nights in a row this early in the season. Christian Wood was garbage last night. There are no other options. you got to see these guys in 82 games. Tim Frazier's going to be out there. Thon's going to be out there. Tim's working his way back from injury. You need him. I remember seeing you guys tweeting earlier in the season before the injury, man, this Tim Frazier guy looks really good. It's nice to have a good third-string point guard out there. You need the whole roster. It's a long season. They weren't winning last night, but pounding more minutes out of Andre Drummond and Derrick Rose especially wasn't going to do anything on this night. Just let's stop talking about rotations unless there's a real concrete thing that's going wrong for Dwayne Casey and the Detroit Pistons coaching staff. But Audible has the world's largest selection of audiobooks and audio entertainment. Start listening with a 30-day audio Audible trial. Choose one audiobook and two Audible originals absolutely free. Visit audible.com slash LockedOnNBA. And if you're listening to this on the go, you can't visit Audible right now. You can find this and all other offers from Locked On sponsors at LockedOnPodcast.com slash offers. Again, that's audible.com slash LockedOnNBA. And all these offers available at checkout at Locked On sponsors. I'm sorry, LockedOnPodcast.com slash offers. Check out all the sponsors there. Coming up next, Talking Orlando Magic. The Pistons have a huge game tonight. That's next here on the Lockdown Pistons podcast, which is a proud member of the Lockdown Network, your team every day. The Orlando Magic and Steve Clifford are off to a rough start to the season, but then turn the ship a little bit. They started off two and six, four and three since then to settle into a nice record of six and nine. Get to the eighth spot in the Eastern Conference. Which uh, that's pretty good there for the uh, the East right now six and nine zero oh and six on the road there they are really struggling away from the Amway Center in Orlando worse for them Nikola Vucevic is out Aaron Gordon is out Michael Carter Williams is out debatable how much that hurts them but Tony Snell for the Pistons is out again but uh, the Magic the changes in their offseason they kind of ran it back they brought. Jeremy Ross back to the fold as a, a shooter for them. They added Al Farouk Aminu from Portland. Uh, Markel Fultz is playing for them now. They added him late last season, but he is now their starting point guard. Pushed old friend DJ Augustine to the bench. But a Magic team that's uh, decimated in the front court by injuries. Again, Aaron Gordon and Vucevic out. This is a game that the Pistons need to win. Not should win. They should win, too, but they need to win this game. Pistons got to start eating some W's, like Jameis says. Jonathan Isaac had 25 the other night against the Indiana Pacers in a loss. He's kind of making a little bit of a leap this year. An elite defensive player, certainly with the makeup to be a real disruptor for a long time in the NBA. Putting it together offensively a little bit for the Orlando Magic now, but certainly out of necessity because this team does not have much in terms of reliable scoring when uh, Vucevic and Gordon are out. But uh, see, watch out for Markel Fultz. Let's see if he's able to do some stuff. Obviously one of the more compelling Figures in the NBA these last few years with the falling off the cliff of his jump shot. At least he's putting him up there now, uh, but not knocking him down with any kind of respectability. But uh, rooting for guys like that who obviously went through like kind of a mental situation there. And we'll see if uh, Marco Fultz is able to turn it around and live up to some of the promise that he had as the first pick of the draft outside of Washington there. But the Pistons, four-and-a-half-point favorites at home, according to mybookie.ag, and uh, we will see. Like I said, seems like a must-win to get this five-game stretch of very winnable games started. Uh, I, you know, four and one. I guess you know you can you always got to be happy winning four or five. But man, five and zero oh seems like an imperative for a team that is really in need of a turnaround in this season right now. But uh, what's not in need of a turnaround is the Lockdown Podcast Network 
We're on fire right now. Locked on NBA, a daily bite-sized look at yesterday's action and what is upcoming around the league. Rejecting the screen, some great wide-ranging NBA talk on NBA and Tuesday, a long-form interview on Thursday, and then uh, Hollinger and Duncan, the great once-a-week podcast. The amazing insight of John Hollinger and also Nate Duncan getting it done for the Lockdown Podcast Network 2. Great show. Highly recommend that from the bottom of my heart. But this is your boy, Matt Shook, the host of the Lockdown Pistons podcast. Maybe I'll stay off Twitter during tonight's game. But uh, thanks for listening. Enjoy tonight's game against the Magic, and we will talk to you guys on the morrow.